Youngin's Podcast. Previously on the Youngin's Podcast. What shall we do with the drunken sailor? What shall we do with the drunken sailor? Oh, Abaday, Abaday. Come on, everybody. It'd be, it'd be really nice now if you could all join in with the song and, and help us out here. Megan is a Martian. Ellie is an alien. Kevin Rawson, absolutely. Right. Who do you think of it there, Lewis? Oh, well done. I'm rather partial to uh, Lemon Kick, actually. It's all kind of bring that up. Uh, shall we sing a song? Yeah, let's do the YMCA. Fisherman's friend, still. Lots of jokes about the incest as well. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. You're the private tips. And coming up... So, there's a girl. She's looking for an after-school job. Yeah. <laughs> the sounds of folk singer-songwriter Ruth Notman attempting to grace the young'uns podcast with one of her favourite jokes. Emphasis on the word attempt, I think. John, can we just describe what the young'uns bring you a vague commentary from a fight that took place in the middle of a road in Newark. We bring you tales of battering rams and police arrests. I think it's safe to say that the season of peace and goodwill is well and truly over. We didn't really uh, mark that as such on the young'uns podcast. Straight into the new year with battering rams, police arrests and street brawls. This is a highly testosterone-charged podcast. And we'll be playing you some clips from a late-night live performance in Saltburn where we were a little bit inebriated and quite tired as well. And uh, it made for a rather unusual gig, so we'll play a couple of clips from that. We've got some anecdotes about our time in Holland and Germany. We play a phone prank on an unsuspecting gardener. The young'uns get down with the youth, or should that be youth? It should definitely be youth. Bad spelling isn't cool, kids. It's not gib, and it's not kflerer. And and Sean Cooney poses poignant questions such as Do cows have hair? Do cows have hair? Which is not apropos of nothing. It stems from some rather unusual accommodation that the young'uns were situated in in Warwick. Music-wise, we've got a Dutch cover of a young'uns song, a live track about Wombles, two songs from the Teacups, not those Teacups, the other Teacups, 
some may say the real teacups and a couple of interesting covers from the young'uns and a few friends and the young'uns found themselves in an early learning shop in Sheffield I say we found ourselves in there I don't mean spiritually well, I think, spiritually the young'uns found themselves I mean we were in an early learning centre shop and the reason for that is because uh, our agent wanted to buy a present for a friend's toddler so uh, we were dragged into an early learning centre it's one of the terms and conditions of the agency she gets 15% and then we have to uh, accompany her once a month to an early learning centre one of the products she was looking at to buy was a singing van I wonder what a singing van sounds like well wonder no more listeners because I recorded the singing van and in spite of the fact that we haven't got copyright clearance to do it or permission from the singing van itself we'll be playing a couple of uh, samples of the singing van interspersed during this week's podcast all that and more on this week's Youngins podcast which goes by the name of Super Waffle all will be revealed first track from the teacups not those teacups the other teacups the real teacups I'm going to say the real teacups this is Jungle Adventure this is our Jungle Adventure swinging through the cheese like smelly monkeys hello Mr Monkey how do you do has your day been good have you had some food check it Adventure, the teacups. 
a wild song for a wild podcast. Oh, there's no knowing which way we'll turn. Our allegiance is not fixed. One minute we're interviewing a group called the Teacups. They're a folk group. We know them well. well you know, we've, we've spent time with them over festivals. And so we interviewed them on the podcast, and they gave me their MySpace address over the phone. But I accidentally typed it in wrong. I mistyped the MySpace address. And instead of typing myspace.com forward slash the teacups quartet, who were the group we were interviewing, I typed in myspace.com forward slash the teacups, which led me to this beautiful discovery. I think the genres are experimental children's pop or something like that. You might be able to get a CD of theirs at the Early Learning Centre. On our next sojourn with our agent uh, to the Early Learning Centre, the mandatory sojourn to the Early Learning Centre, I'll uh, I'll have a look to see if they've got a Teacups album. But this accidental discovery, beautiful discovery, has now led me to think that actually these may be the real teacups, the proper teacups. And if there was a legal battle for the name, I don't don't know, maybe maybe the folk group would have to change. Just because this is a folk podcast doesn't mean to say I have an undying allegiance to folk music. I bring you the truth. The music that matters. Anyway, that song was all about animals, and uh, we're kind of talking about animals now, actually, so that's a lovely link to what we're about to do next, uh, because the young'uns were in Warwick over the summer, at Warwick Folk Festival, and we were put into some rather unusual accommodation. Here we are in the Lazy Cow Inn in Warwick. We've just got into the, uh, to the room of this place, and we, our pillows have got... Three fairy pillows, and we're not sure whether the cow thing. Pictures of cows. There's pictures of cows on on the wall. It's, this is quite up market, bro. It's really uh, trendy. We've got like complimentary sleep spray. Hello, sleep Dem- spray. Um, that's what it, that's what just sprayed. Here we go then. Let's see what it does. Demonstrate. So I feel pretty awake right now. So then, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it turned into a cow. Yeah, it works. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely right, so we've got continuity sleep spray, not really sure what that's all about. The mirror in but, the bathroom, Dave, yeah. same idea with the pillows, it's like a cow, it's like... The mirror's got a cow on. Is she just not looking at your reflection, Mr. Cooney? <laughs> yeah, yeah, But on the pillows, we have, it's a very furry pillow, and it's, it just feels very hairy, and we're, we're not sure whether this is actually, I think it's meant to signify cow hair, but we're not sure whether it's actual cow hair. When you stroke it, though, Sean... Does feel like does feel like a cow. So who knows? Stoke with a few cows, yeah. Exactly. Oh right. <laughs> I thought you said you slept with it, you said he stroked a few cows. Oh well never mind. I've let the cat out of the bag now. Don't know what it was doing there for goodness sake. It's a voyeuristic cat watching the activity between me and the cow. It's gonna be a long night. Oh, what the heck is this? The door's gone. Oh we've got complimentary dressing gowns. <laughs> And a bag, the Lazy Cow Steakhouse bag. Wow. It says Grace Kelly meets Lady Gaga. Been interesting reality TV show, isn't it? Will be, yeah. Hey, Sean, I thought I was going to have to turn the cow her, head, um, her pillow around. I like it, yeah. I like it. I like it, my friend. Yeah, in the corner by the door. It's yeah. Chair, exactly like it. Oh, it's horrible. Do you think? Sean doesn't like the cow hair. So any ad- admiring groupy ladies wanting to buy Sean a present, don't buy him a cow hair pillow. Whereas me, I love the... I'm sure, I'm sure it's not real cow hair. I love the feel of cow hair. In fact, buy me some cow hair boxer shorts. I love that. I probably like the feel of it on my skin. That's, that makes me quite uh, holy, because that's what monks used to do. That was a, as a penance. Ah, oh, right. So, so it's, it's all been... It's all been... So Thomas Beckett, who was murdered in the cathedral, he had, when they stripped away his garments, they found a, 
a goat's hair vest. Nice. And monks would wear it just to, so they're always itching, so they're always in discomfort. <laughs> to bring them closer to God and... Just, I don't find it uncomfortable at all. <laughs> well, yeah. So what can I say? Those monks actually were just doing it Hopefully for pleasure. For kinks. They were, I bet there were a few kinky monks <laughs> who liked the feel of the cow hair on them. No wonder they were always going, Oh, the cows have hair. Was it just I don't know what skin? you call it. Is it just what? It's like skin. That's not skin. You can't no, call that's, that that's skin. not real. I'm, I'm hoping that's not off a real cow. Really? Why? Well, because it'd be like something like Hannibal Lecter would do. It's the, the well, no, decorate the room in the skin of a cow. You're happy to eat the meat. You can't, well, you can't, you can't shave a no one actually, you know, like what, like sheep, and that what? would really offend vegetarians. Well, it it offends most people. That, that it's not really, your pillow is not made out of a real cow. Well, I want that'd be too far like too hideous to contemplate. Not for me. I like it. <laughs> if there's any women listening who like us a lot, want to, you know, want to impress me, and stand a chance, get me some cow hair boxer shorts. I don't know if anyone saw us at the main stage. We weren't sure if it was a wind-up or not because the hotel we're in. We got an upgrade from last year when the others in the dormitory. It's called the Lazy Cow. Ah, we thought, uh, lazy Cow. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that your impression of a cow? <laughs> lazy, the Lazy Cow in, and it's um, and when well, Mike, it is a real pub. But then well, we, we, Mike yeah. rang to to book a sort of to check in, and the woman answered the phone and went, "Hello, the Lazy Cow in. This is the Lazy Cow speaking. How can you?" <laughs> Brilliant. I wonder whether that was to bypass some kind of complaint. Maybe a harsh critic said this place should be called the Lazy Cow and all the staff are absolutely useless. Maybe they thought we'll just call ourselves the Lazy Cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's probably the latter, to be honest. They've done maybe, such yeah. a great job. Because what they've done is, to turn this place into uh, something that's worthy of being called the Lazy Cow, they've got, uh, the whole room has got cow perf- paraphernalia and cow decor. <laughs> no, the it's pillows. weird. It's not just pictures of cows. Oh, no. Swimming with dolphins and stuff. <laughs> 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 all right. The cow from the Jack and the Beanstalks. Everything's there. like the cow. Like there's cushions on the on the bed, and they're like, you know, the, the pattern of a, like a cow. A cow. Yeah. yeah. But, the, but we're, we're like well guessed. It's almost like a cow skin. It's like it's got cow hair. hair on. Gone for like the texture of a cow. Just get the, yeah. I don't think they've gone. I think they've obviously no. That's real cow skin. Hannibal Lecter hasn't been designed in this room. <laughs> it does get on your. It does get you on your nerves a little bit. It's in your way, cause yeah. I had to remove a cow from my shower. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, were you invited there in the first place? Or you were like, <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't make the whole thing up just for that no, once. No, no. <laughs> it's weird because then the chair's made out of this, like, imitation cow skin material. It's not imitation. It's, it's not real cow Real cow. cow. I want my money back out. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's room, Mike's room doesn't have any cow... Anything cow lit? No, it was just us. Wearing, like I said, Dan made me wearing the honeymoon suite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Not that we're a couple. That's another no. <laughs> yes, and I think we'll leave it there before we go all homoerotic again. I think we've done enough of that on the Youngins podcast. <laughs> So then, Ruth Notman, folk singer-songwriter. She's been a nominate. She's been nominated for the Folk Awards, but she could have got the best live act, perhaps. 
But unfortunately, she didn't incorporate her prowess in joke-telling into her live gigs. And this is something she hasn't done yet. She doesn't tend to tell a lot of jokes. And it's a bit of a shame because she's got such a, a, a great talent for doing so. And so we exhibit this talent on the Young'uns podcast. Now, I'm being a little bit sarcastic because, unfortunately, the joke, it kind of took a while to get underway. And uh, she kept forgetting the joke and things like that. So what we've ended up having to do is we split it into installments. And so uh, this is part one of Ruth Notman's joke. Ruth Notman's attempt. This is a joke from Ruth Notman now on the podcast. Go on, Ruth. Okay, so there's a girl, and she uh, she's looking for an after-school job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ken. If you do it in installments, that's the first yeah, installment. Okay, we'll be back so, later on. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> There we are. We haven't really uh, found too much out, but we'll uh, we'll return to Ruth Notman and see how she's getting on with that joke later in the podcast. But right now, we're heading to Whitby, and you join us in a non-conformist church, whatever that might be. These are these are churchgoers who who like church. They like church, but they prefer something a little bit more edgy. But nevertheless, we are in a non-conformist church. Anything could happen. And this is what did happen. You know some shanties, David? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, this fits yeah. in very nicely. So we've just come, we've rushed up from, um, we've just done a, a youth group. Well, actually, the, it's, it's a youth group because well, youth group, the, yeah. youth, the youth club's not, it's obviously the kids like, like misspelled words, obviously, that's what I don't think, I just think anyway. <laughs> so the, uh, the youth club's called Youth Club with uh, double O, F. <laughs> <laughs> And we've just been teaching them a, a few songs and stuff, and then... Um, we're a bit, well, a bit worried at first, because we started off by saying, well, thanks a lot for coming. Um, today's uh, theme uh, is an hour-long lecture on the big society and David Cameron and how you can fit in. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get those trainers? Not yet. <laughs> but Dave, we were teaching them a song, and, and uh, Dave completely misread the situation. I forgot to tell him that they were all ten-year-old. <laughs> And majority were girls, and uh, and I said, "Don't worry, this is not going where you think." Oh it yeah, yeah. Not in a church. I know it's a non-conformist church, but even some things are taboo. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, "Right, he said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll say we'll split the boys and the girls, and and I'll teach I'll teach the boys the part, and anybody can join in." And he went, "Right, okay." Who's got a bass voice? Who's got a bass voice? <laughs> Majority of girls were all 11 year olds, and the boys were like looking at him. It's the equivalent of like asking Pavarotti to sing the Jersey Boys, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that I would like to see. Well, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, take good money for that. Next year. Next yeah, year. Yeah. Maybe the proms or something. Hey, if they don't have the Wilsons on, they're going to have Pavarotti singing the Jersey Boys. <laughs> That's the sound of a singing van, everybody. Another sample of the singing van later, but first... (laughs) Ruth Notman continues her joke. We'll review the joke right at the end, because it might be a bit difficult to follow. I wouldn't want you to miss the hilarity of the punchline. But first, let's move on to part two. (laughs) We're back. (laughs) We've got this girl with an after-school joke. So she knocks on this door. And this guy answers because she's looking for a job up and down the street. <laughs> right, okay. And um, and this uh, this guy says, yeah, yeah, but our porch needs painting. So she says, oh, brilliant, I'll do it for 
25 quid and he's like yeah bargain okay well, I'll go and get the paint and you can start so he goes and gets the paint and stuff and she um, gives it to her and whatnot. and his wife comes home and he says oh I've just found this girl who'll paint the porch for 25 quid and she's going oh no that's horrible that's like labour what's labour child labour yeah to be continued. At the start of the podcast, we played a few clips like we normally do. I know it's a bit of the, the introductions to the podcast can be quite confusing. I, I appreciate that. We play sort of random samples and clips from previous podcasts. So if you haven't actually heard a previous podcast or maybe you've missed a few episodes, it could get a little bit we- weird for you. And I admit that I'm I'm doing that slightly to make listeners who aren't regular feel uncomfortable about the fact that they've missed episodes. Because, okay, I welcome new listeners, but uh, really, I think you should all do your research first and you should listen to the, all podcasts, preferably consecutively, without food and without water. Just listen to them. It's a spiritual experience. And you're only making it harder for yourselves by not doing it. The longer you put it off, the harder it's becoming. So you might, you know, but you can actually do it as part of your Duke of Edinburgh award. I have signed up, so you can do it as part of that. So, any school children listening? But anyway, we played at the start of the podcast this clip. I am the Gig, he went to a takeaway in Doncaster, and then there was some drunken, uproarious singing. And for some reason, the song they plucked for was The Music Man. It got everyone going, you know. There's a folk singer, that's what we try and encourage, you know, at communal singing. So I'm not going to complain about it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. There's actually something very stirring about the performance. It's really like a, it's like a football chant, you get carried away with it. But then after that, we played this clip. This is a version of the Music Man that the young'uns played live. Uh, and the reason for this is because of, it was a rather unusual gig in Mike's Catholic school where he works. And it was a weird gig because uh, we weren't getting paid for it for a start. I assumed at first it was a charity gig we were doing. But it, was, it turned out it was essentially just a staff social. Essentially, Michael had got us to play for free. And a few other gullible people as well to play for free for a lot of staff who just basically got drunk and had a party. And it was the first week back after the Christmas holidays as well, which I thought was a bit strange, as if the, the staff knew that they would need an opportunity to let their hair down. You know, the rigours of Catholic education, one week of Catholic education would be far too much for them and they needed to let their hair down. I thought there'd be a relatively polite audience. You know, they're Catholics for goodness sake. But they weren't. Not in the slightest. I bet if it was a non-conformist school, they'd have been respectful towards the music, but not the Catholics. Oh, no. And so we started off, we sang a few songs, and we sang um, some quiet songs, like Love Song. So this is us doing Love Song in front of this audience. talking people having a good conversation there so after a while of doing stockton town jenny waits love song and no one was listening to us we thought well sod it we might as well just do whatever so in the end we just started doing uh, cover songs of random things we did black lace and agadu and we, uh, we did the conga and got everyone doing the conga and then people started to enjoy themselves so we thought well this is obviously what they want and they didn't want a folk group in the slightest so that's when we started doing the music man so right now we're going to have some music from this gig a rather unusual version of We Will Rock You by Queen uh, um, Sean didn't know any of the words so it's a little bit odd but uh, we'll play this as a kind of musical interlude
Seem to get them going. Absolutely brilliant. Which we should have done. Why the heck didn't we think about it? We should have done blue abadie abadie. It's the it's the obvious choice, and we didn't we didn't do it. Come on, my friend. So, a couple of years ago, on a Youngin's podcast, we played a few clips from a very drunk performance that we did in Beverly, and we were scheduled to perform at about 12 o'clock, and that was our first gig of the day. So we got up in the morning, and there wasn't, you know, we saw the sights and stuff like that, and then we um, went to the pub, and we had a bit to drink, and then we had something to eat, and then we thought we'd have an afternoon pint, and then we... We sort of had our tea, and then we thought we'd have an evening pint. A few more evening pints, because, you know, we might as well. You know, the night is young, and we've not got a gig for a few hours. And then we ended up going to a karaoke bar, and we ended up singing S Club 7, Reach for the Stars, on the karaoke. Then we went to see some random pub band called The Penetrators. It was a a crazy night, and we had quite a lot of drink. And so by the time we got to the gig at 12 o'clock, we were fairly drunk, and uh, we were probably getting a bit tired as well. And it led to a rather surreal performance. And we barely sang. In fact, we couldn't really sing. I think our voices were a bit shot. I mean, we didn't really sing as such. And we just ended up talking. But the audience seemed to enjoy it. We went on for about... Uh, we were meant to be finished at quarter to one. But we ended up going on until one fifteen because it was half an hour of encores. And everyone absolutely loved it, despite the fact that we hardly sang and we essentially just talked. Now, I'll play you a few clips in case you didn't hear this the first time round. And then we'll play some clips from Saltburn, which was a similar kind of affair. Um, it was a gig nearing about midnight and we'd had a bit to drink. It kind of just hit us. Where it normally wouldn't just... It just hit us, and we we all felt a bit tired as well. So it was a bit of a it was a bit of a surreal gig. But again, it seemed to be it seemed to work. It seemed to be enjoyable enough. <laughs> it was quite a small audience as well. But uh, before we do that, let's let's play some clips from this Beverly Festival. What's strange about this is it doesn't sound as if the audience are really with us and as if they're really kind of laughing that much. But the reason for that is because this recording is taken from the soundman's desk. The micro- there's no microphones in the audience. You just, it's the, micro- the, the sound of the audience is just picked up from the microphones. So it makes it sound like we're just having a conversation with ourselves and a few audience members are kind of tittering in the background. But it was, a, it was quite a, an uproarious atmosphere. So this is an example of what it was like at that midnight performance at Beverly. I was just hey, trying well, to bring it down to your level. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is totally... <clears throat> What are we singing next? That's I noticed that that Shut up, Michael. <laughs> I'm, I'm Sean. Too. My fellow youngins here. Take off your mufflers. Take off your mufflers. <laughs> Take them off. I think my, mine's got the winning colours of today's game. Have you noticed? I think... Yeah. Well, hold it aloft, but... <laughs> we don't want to obscure those high frequencies. I know what the audience are thinking. Don't obscure those high <laughs> frequencies. Have we, have we okayed this with a salmon, Dave? I noticed you put yours in your pocket, didn't you? Oh, we, can, we can avoid the... I'm under orders here, man. What do you mind? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, All right, okay, what we should be steamers? Yes. Is that big steamers? We don't need the mufflers, we're fine. Mm. We'll do um we'll do a song. Bob. We'll do a song. Right? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to tell him it? Uh we'll do a song now that's um it was a Rudyard Kipling poem, and it was set to music by... Michael, Michael, first was it? It was a, was that poem. I think it just popped. Exactly, you popped there, Michael. <laughs> Come on, turn your head away when you do a pee. 
Yeah, anyway, we're going to sing a song called Big Steamers. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Forget the history, you're all drunk, you don't care. If you want to know the history, speak to Dave afterwards. If you, al- by the album. If you're wondering what the folk is going on about, uh, if you if you're singing to a microphone, if you say the words... I'm sure everybody P, knows. The letter P pops, you see. And uh, so the advice is to make a funny shape with your mouth when you say the letter P. You go P. I discovered that during a very embarrassing uh, rendition of Pop Goes the Weasel. It was was most embarrassing. The sound man was, he was up in arms. Unbelievable. (laughs) Quickly became the anthem of of the folk club we run uh, on the Headlands. That wasn't a joke. Who's laughing? Um, I've, t- I've turned it off now. You're happy. It's off. It's over there. They're just laughing periodically, Sean, because we're not very funny. They're just taking the chances to humour us. <laughs> if you laugh, don't no, don't don't no, don't laugh too much. If you laugh every probably about six minutes thirty seconds, that's probably more likely. We'll believe you then, because we don't we don't have that many good jokes in our repertoire. <laughs> yeah, an applause now and again. That's that's for Ian. Yeah. yeah. Ego trip tonight. Well, we're used to a few more booze, to be honest. So we don't think you con- We think you must be drunk. I think you've had enough booze for one day. Oh, so. very. Oh, like, see what you've done there, Sean. See, hey, I can be hey. in radio too, you know. Hey. Right, come on. <laughs> you've been reading Shakespeare or something, have you, Sean? What are we going to do? The monkey song. Uh, no. The original monkey song. So that's the kind of thing I want about. That was at Beverly. That was that was two or three years ago. But uh, we're normally fine, but uh, we obviously hadn't learned our lesson because um, Saltburn was a, a similar kind of gig. So uh, here's the first of two clips that we're going to play from uh, our drunken, tired performance at about midnight at Saltburn Folk Festival this year. <laughs> How are you feeling, David? Absolutely fine, thank you, Mr. Kelly. Very good. Yep. Well, that's nice to know, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I do ask him every now and again. Are you feeling okay? Very good. Oh, that's nice. Great. What about yourself? Yeah, not bad, thank you, sir. Not bad. Uh, yeah, this is nice, isn't it? <laughs> hey, we should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get the little microphone set up and have a bit of a conversation. <laughs> Anybody over there want to tell us how they feel? <laughs> <laughs> So, so, no, no, so, can we just sort of there? Can I put this to the audience board? Half, half, half a semitone out there, Michael. That's that's lovely, David. Can we put this to an audience board? I did just sing that note that he's just sang. I just went, no, and he went, no, no, half a semitone. Half a semitone. Yeah. Can I just so, ask you, are you still all right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not too bad, is it? We, we don't do too bad. Maybe we could do a special fee, you know, like a special edition. Like, do you want the sober youngins? Do you want the, the mildly drunk youngins? Or do you want us to get completely trolleyed? And do you want us to get, you know, be, not sleep for three days before? What kind of youngins gig do people want? We could do different tier systems. Must get on the phone to uh, our agent about this. Maybe when we have one of our meetings in the early learning centre, uh, we, we, can, we can put that idea to her. It just reminded me singing a song about my own town Stockton. Uh, I did I had a great job this year. One of the funniest jobs I've ever had. I was working for the census. And uh, knocking on people's doors in Stockton and Middlesbrough, and some, fun, some funny people in our part of the world. And uh, there was this great, I was, I was working as part of a big team, and uh, a friend of mine from Artifield, uh, she said, oh, I was working in uh, I was working in Stockton. And uh, the idea of the job was we were doing like a census survey. You might have had someone knocking on your door asking you to do the census again, but door to door isn't in person. 
And uh, so she knocked on someone's door and she said, excuse me, so we just doing this thing, it would only take five minutes of time. And he, the guy says, I don't know, it's a really bad time, it's not a good time, you know. She says, oh, oh God, you'd be doing me a big favour if you give the census. He said, oh, no, this is not it's a really bad time, you know, I, I can't. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to come back and ask you again if you don't do it now. But please, could you do it? I mean, no, listen, look, it's a really bad time. And at that point, the police pulled up and arrested the bugger. But the same woman in the next street along, the same day, like, the hell of a morning, um, was, was just, she was at the end of a, a garden path and she was just about to walk, before she opened the garden gate, she was just, just in a blouse and stuff, and checking out she didn't have Interesting tactics. <laughs> just, so she, she took a step back, she, she went to open the, the gate to the garden path, and I'm looking behind her, she opened it back, and just as he, she was going to step down in the garden path, uh, a police battery ram came charging. <laughs> <laughs> me for to add and I would have married Johnny but my father up and said oh I hate to tell your daughter your mother never knew that Johnny he's a son of mine and so he's kin to you So we're back with Ruth Notman for part three of this epic joke. We will review all the parts of the joke and tie it up neatly right at the end. Well, I say neatly, as neatly as Ruth Notman can tie up a joke. This is part three of Ruth Notman's epic joke. Right, we're back. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, so his life's really mad. It's not really anything to do with her, so, um, but anyway, there's not good at all. This show might have to run over two podcasts. But, uh, um, yeah. So there's a knock at all. <laughs> and it's the girl. <laughs> it's the girl, right? I'm getting there, Ruth. She says I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's not even that funny. Right, yeah, I think we were probably there. Everybody was expecting this, but... So, um, so, uh, and the, she says I'm finished and the guy says, Oh, what, already? And she says, yeah, yeah. Um, I finished painting. Oh, I can't even remember the punchline. We'll come back. We'll come back. It's fine. My goodness, more to come. More to come later on the Youngins podcast. I think it was Shrewsbury Festival actually when uh, this clip was taken from. We just did a gig and we were sitting having something to eat. There was a group of people um, on the field, some festival goers, on the field, sitting down on the floor with the, with a guitar, and um, they were just kind of they weren't they weren't an act or anything like that, but they were just kind of having a little bit of a play, having a bit of a sing. And um, I could hear them singing, and it sounded like they were singing Super Waffle. Oh, this is interesting. Maybe they're maybe it's actually an advert because you know there was a lot of food tents around. So I thought I must go and investigate what this Super Waffle song is all about. Uh, so I did. So I, I approached them with a digital recorder. We did a little interview with them. We had a little song with them, and this is what happened. For the Super Waffle. Super Waffle. Is it Super Wumble? Oh, we're not interested now. Oh, you said Waffle. I thought it was Waffle. You need to enunciate for goodness' sake. Oh, come on. Properly here. That's great. It's one of the Wumble's greatest hits. Yeah, is it? Was it? You're obviously. It, it was not a real song. Yeah, yeah, Did you know that? Obviously too. I thought it was soup. Didn't you say Super Waffle? It was Wombo. Oh, no, was it? So this is an actual. Did you know the song, Mr. Gunny? I didn't know the song, but I knew he was definitely singing Wombo. Oh, right, I thought he was singing Waffle. All right, well, we're not really. We're not sure we're interested now. It's because it's called Super Wombo, not Super Waffle. There's a dog here as well. It's definitely not Super Waffle. There's a dog part of the act. Was it? Super Waffle? Well, oh, I do apologise. Oh, well. 
It could have been. All right, all right. There, there. So, so who's, who is the group then? Who's the group? The group is us. We're what are you called? Very happy people. What are you called? Is that what you call very happy people? The very happy people. So what are you? Uh, what do you talking through your instruments and your names and things like that? So you don't. You don't need to know our names. We'll just play your instruments. Go around and play your instruments without announcing yourselves. That's a. That's a kind of D chord. That's a kind of. My goodness, you can play two chords. C chord. Yeah, yeah. Um, two chords, stick an E on it. Oh my goodness, three chords. I think we should leave it there. Right. Well, let's do it then. So this is Super Womble. Right. Not Super Womble. Come on then, let's hear it. Here we go. Right. In the middle of Manhattan, when the whole town's asleep, there stands a lonely figure, he's the guardian of the streets. There's no rubbish on the rooftops as he flies through the night. Cleaning up the universe in his super womble tights. He can fly, he can fly, he can swim, he can swim. He's a hero, he's got X-ray sights. Super Womble, not Waffle, Womble, Super Womble, Womble. Super Womble Womble Super Womble Super Womble Super Womble Super Womble Not Waffle His muscles make you envy him His speed is super quick He's so good looking that he really makes you sick When he flies in through your window When you're trying to get some west you know it's Super Womble, cause his name is on his vest. He can fly, he can swim, he's a hero, he's got x-ray sights. Super Womble, Super Womble, Super Womble, Super Womble, Super Womble, Super Womble, Super Womble. Super Womble Womble. Take it away, Laura, on the kazoo. Lovely, lovely bit of a brano going on there. Oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Mike, check for the dog. Perfect timing. Keep going there. Oh, he can swim. He's a hero. He's got x ray sights. Super Womble. Exemplary music on this week's Jungens podcast. We've had Jungle Adventure, we've had We Will Rock You, we've got Meganism Martian to come from the teacups later, and that was Super Womble. Let's move on. Uh, let's have a bit of culture now. After that, I think we need a bit of culture. And uh, as you know, we, we like to bring you reports regularly on the podcast from Indian restaurants. And we brought you on the last podcast, I think it was, a report from Newark, from an 
Indian restaurant in Newark. And when we came out of the Indian restaurant, we uh, we were travelling to Southall, where we were doing a gig, not too far away from Newark. And uh, we were in the car and we were just setting off and there was a fight in the middle of the road. I started the recorder, obviously, naturally, as it would, to bring it to you on the podcast. John, can we just describe what the we're in the car, we're in the middle of the road, we're trying to get through, and... The dog seems to have changed hands. Maybe it's like a just an initiation ceremony. What the hell's going on? What do you think is happening there? What's your appraisal of the situation? Well, I don't know. Uh, there was two two fellas, and they were kind of pushing each other, and I thought it was a kind of a friendly, drunken fight in the middle of the road. But he's got the dog over it, wasn't he? Did he? Right, and, then, and then the one in the hat who didn't have the dog, the, one, what, the baldy guy was holding uh, the, the dog he, he was punched, and then he whacked him. And then and the guy with the dog, like, whacked him with the end of the dog's lead. The dog was still on the end. And, uh, yeah, and then just in the middle of the road, and we're just sitting there waiting. And then uh, a woman was seemed to be involved, too. Yeah. And then there was a lot of cursing going on. And then when they finally finished and made some kind of peace, which involved both of them patting the dog. <laughs> then what happened was a lot. No, but then a woman appeared and, and she started screaming at one of them. And uh, she was told to. To go away. To no, <laughs> rather, rather old situation going on there. After the terrifying drama of that, I think we need a, a bit of light relief. Fortunately, Ruth Notman is the girl to bring us that. <laughs> Part four of Ruth Notman's joke. Um, Did you finish painting the... No, what was it? <laughs> we'll come back again. <laughs> oh, well, there we are. That was short-lived. We will get to the end of this joke before the podcast. What will happen? Over the summer, we went to Holland and Germany to a couple of shanty festivals. We played you a few anecdotes and recordings from those festivals in our last podcast. And here's a couple more anecdotes told at 2011's Shrewsbury Folk Festival. I told this story this afternoon. It was great. When we, when we sing in, in Holland and Germany, was... Last year there was where some guy came up the day but didn't know did not like, say the word blind, right? So he decided to skirt around the issue in his own way and he said, No, well, it's just the way he came up to me, because the other time he came up to me and went, excuse me, I don't know, I don't know how to say this, but I have to try. Your eyes <coughs> your eyes are on, your eyes are on vacation, yeah. <laughs> Your eyes, yeah. your eyes, your eyes are having a nap. <laughs> your eyes are, how do you say, your eyes are misbehaving? <laughs> your eyes are tipsy. It went on for absolutely ages. It came with every permutation possible. In the end, I put him out of my misery and I told him, of course, that I was deaf. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. if, if you ever get the chance, you really should go to an international sea shanty festival, though. Uh, you have a really good laugh, I mean, it, oh, it was fantastic. And we discovered that one of the groups, a Dutch group, was, who uh, we swapped CDs with a couple of years ago, are singing little, all of our songs. But in a Dutch accent, that was dead funny. Like, our Heart, the Pool songs as well, with all the, uh, 
with all the dialect, yeah. Teesside dialect in a, a Dutch accent is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so, it's so funny though, because a lot of like German and Dutch and French groups, and they're all fantastic, but they're all like determined to, to do the songs they want to do. Yeah. And on the, the finale of the festival, there's about 30 groups there. And the main stage is a big uh, bandstand out the back of the church, it's beautiful. And for the last hour of the festival, all groups descend on the stage. And every group leads a, a shanty that the rest, you know, a couple of hundred singers join in with. And so the first group, Dutch group, gets up and start going, I've never seen the light since I've been born, a big book sailor with a sea boots on, Johnny come down to Hilo. So Johnny come down to Hilo and it's absolutely fantastic. So everyone applauds. <laughs> And the next group come on. The next group come on and go. I ain't never seen the legs since I've been born. <laughs> <laughs> and then they sort of so they did that and then um, we thought brilliant. We, we thought we were on third, so we thought we're not, we know what we're gonna do, don't we? <laughs> but unfortunately the organizer must have got wind of this and thought actually we're gonna So we were approached by a Dutch group called of Mutiny, who basically, as we've just said there, told us that they'd more or less stolen all of our songs. They'd been through the album, and they now sing our songs. And they asked us, would we do them the honour of performing when he is away, live? So we did, we went into a pub, there's a lot of people there, and it was a great party atmosphere, and um, they invited us up. And we, and they extolled our virtues, and then we, uh, <laughs> and then we played, you may have seen them at Beverly Shanty Festival, you may have seen their midnight extravaganza at Saltburn Folk Festival. Before we, uh, we came on, they asked us whether we'd like the score, whether we'd like the be presented with the musical score, so we know if in case we needed to swat up on the song. Now, bearing in mind we wrote the song, bearing in mind we perform it at gigs, we performed it at gigs for the last three years. He also asked us whether we'd like the words, which I thought was a bit, because, but the song's in English, and we wrote the song. No, we would we don't want the words. So this is Act of Mutiny and the Young'uns when he is away. I am the sailor's wife girl in hospital. She has some things I love and so might well. But I just can't stand his face when he's at home to stay. For the only pleasure that I have is when he is away. Fancy man and with him I will ride We're 
large upside do fancy bass like many a sailor's wine. Oh yeah, Cause if we can't enjoy ourselves, then what good are our lives? Here's to the girls of Hartlepool who never rule the day. For the only pleasure that If you're wondering what that queasy feeling in your stomach is, I know I'm pulling you about all over the place today. We've gone from Warwick to Whitby, back to Warwick again. We've been to Shrewsbury, we've been to Saltburn, then we went out of Saltburn, back to, to, to Holland, and now we're going back to Saltburn again for our midnight, drunken, tired live performance. I must apologise about my voice. I got a cold about a week ago, and I thought I'd, I thought I'd just seen it off. Oh, you were warned by a European. Well, I think the dress has just brought it back on again. Tell him about the European who warned you, Mr. Cooney, about your cold. Sorry? Remember the man who warned you about a week before you had your cold that you were going to get a cold? Yeah, he was spooky. He was at a folk festival. I wasn't even drunk, and he came over and he said, You are going to get a cold. How do you know? He said, I just know these things. It was weird, it was. Yeah. Thanks for making me tell that story, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Gilpatrick, I'll put my accordion on, which means you should do something with an accordion. Okay. Rio? Yeah, yeah. shall we do that? Oh, Mary Farden, didn't you call it? No, no, let's do Rio. Okay. There we are. That's when I'm discussing what we're going to do on mics. <laughs> what are we doing? Rio. Oh, Rio. The audience could probably tell you what we're doing now. Yeah. Well, yeah. heard me, so. You're on track. Well, we're saying... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Give it a go. Yeah. 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 I should go solo, shouldn't I? What am I doing with these people? No, you certainly should do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Alias and alien. And Megan is a Martian.
Meganism Martian by the teacups. MySpace.com forward slash the teacups. I believe that's what you have to type in. Or if you want, you can check out the other ones. MySpace.com forward slash the teacups quartet. And maybe we will be able to track them down. And maybe we are trying. Maybe we will get an interview with them at some point. Maybe we should do a battle between the teacups and the other teacups. We'll do like a quiz for fight fight it out for supremacy of the name. Obviously, I'm gonna word I'm gonna bias the questions. There's gonna be bias. I'm gonna make sure that the teacups are prepped so that the real teacups, the mechanism Martian, jungle adventure teacups, get the answers, of course. <laughs> During the podcast, we've been interspersing Ruth Notman telling a joke. You may have managed to follow it. I don't know how you've managed to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to recap the uh, the previous four parts of the joke, and then we're going to tie it up straight away with the fifth part, the reveal of the joke. So here is Ruth Notman's joke in its entirety. Okay, so there's a girl, and she uh, she's looking for an after-school job. Yeah. <laughs> Girl with an so, so she knocks on this door. Yeah, yeah. And this guy answers because she's looking for a job up and down the street. Right, okay. And um and this uh, this guy says, Yeah, yeah, but our porch needs painting. So she says, Oh brilliant, I'll do it for twenty five quid and he's like, Yeah, bargain. Okay, well I'll go and get the paint and you can start. So he goes and gets the paint and stuff and she um gives it to her and whatnot. And his wife comes home and he says, Oh, I've just found this girl who will paint the porch for 25 quid. And she's going, Oh, no, that's horrible. That's like labour. What's labour? What's oh, child labour. Child labour. So, um, so, uh, so, yeah, so his wife's really mad. It's not really anything to do with her. So, um, but anyway, there's a knock at the door. And it's a girl. <laughs> It's the girl, right? We're getting there, Ruth. She says I'm finished. She's finished. <laughs> and um, it's not even that funny. Right, yeah, I think we were probably there. I mean, everybody was expecting this, but... So, um, so, uh, and the, she says I'm finished, and the guy says, Oh, what, already? And she says, yeah, yeah. Um, I've finished painting... Oh, I can't even remember the punchline. Painting the porch. And she says, oh, I thought you meant the Porsche. Oh, yes. Very good, Knockman. Yeah. This is going to be a regular feature. <laughs> Goodbye. My goodness, it's very difficult to know what quite to say after that. How about saying something like... Um, and now we head over to Sidmouth Festival for another anecdote, one final anecdote about a phone prank that we played on an unsuspecting gardener. Yes, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, I think that's actually quite a good thing to say. Well, we'll, we'll, I won't say it again, we'll just stick with that, shall we? I'm, I'm just far too good at this kind of stuff. My dad, who lives right on the seafront in Arthurpool, he's, he's a head teacher, and, uh, but he, the most important thing in his life the last couple of years has been that the Hartlepool Headland in Bloom gardening competition. He's getting old, you know, and, uh, and he, uh, he loves his garden and he's, he's won the trophy for the best garden in Hartlepool, which isn't, you know, isn't much of a feat, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, most people don't have gardens. And, uh, so he's won it two years in a row and this year he was going for the hatchet and it's organised by the parish council. We're all a bit clicky. And uh, he found out that this year 
they changed the rules, which meant he couldn't enter his back garden, his pride and joy into it, and he reckons, oh, it's all a fiction, or they're just going to talk to me. me. There's a conspiracy. So what he did, he put his entire back garden in the front garden. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything, pots and everything, he's got loads, he had like a pianist in the corner playing. And <laughs> But so this morning we were driving down from Warwick last night and uh, it was about nine o'clock and I thought, yeah, I better get my dad a ring and wish him good luck, you know. But I was driving, so I said to Dave, I take ring me dad and we'll all, you know, sing him a good luck song or something. And uh, and then I had this idea, oh, I tell you what, Dave, let, let, let's phone him and uh, pretend to be from the Paris Council. <laughs> and, uh, and say, or say something like, uh, how much money did you spend on your garden, Mr. Cooney? Uh, you know, there's a new rule that you can't spend more than 50 quid. <laughs> so he did. And your dad, because he was expecting a call from them, you know, to arrange what time he was going to come round, fell for it, hook, climb, and sink. <laughs> so he said this. So he was like, and it was, I was really worried because I said, um, hello, it's uh, Mickey from the Paris Council. He's in, his, in his own voice. So he's right. <laughs> <laughs> the worst accents. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can tell that's Mick from Hartlepool, Parents Council. <laughs> We're all thinking that. Um, so I said all this about the contravention of the rules. And the thing was, it got to the stage where I thought, if he's getting, I just couldn't work out if he was, like, if he, because even with these people, if, he, if there's a prank being done, he'll play along with it. Um, <laughs> so you never know when to bow out. So he sounded like he was getting quite you know, annoyed and upset. But I thought, well, this is just Chum's dad, you know, this is what he does. So I kept going and I kept going. And eventually he went, oh, well, thank you for letting me know. Like, Goodbye, Mick. Through the like through the phone, I said, Sean, phone down. For ages after we were trying to contact him just to make sure that we have the, and he wouldn't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I had this image of him going and tipping throwing all his pots at we finally got through and then my mum said, yeah, Charlie was he, he did a John Cleese at Forty Towers, he just went off it. He was like, I am calling the law, but we'll get looked now, big TV down here. Thank you for listening to the Young'uns podcast. Thank you to everyone who got involved. Thank you, of course, to Michael Hughes and Sean Cooney for just, you know, for being there. For being, just for um, being in the Young'uns. <laughs> um, thank you to Ruth Notman. <laughs> and uh, excellent joke-telling skills. Thank you to the very happy people. Thank you, of course, to the teacups. Thank you to Act of Mutiny. Thank you to the singing van. All aboard! And thank you to everybody else. I've suddenly realised I haven't written a thank you list, so goodness knows why I'm doing the thank yous. So I've probably, I've probably forgotten something, but for anybody else who you think should have been thanked for making this podcast what it was, then, um, you know, feel free to insert your own thanks now. There, you had you. Let's just hope they haven't got a long double-barrelled name, otherwise that probably wouldn't have been enough time. So, uh, thank you for listening. That's who I should say thank you to. I'm saying thank you to you now. Everyone individually. Even you. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree with your lifestyle choice, but, uh, you know, thanks for listening anyway. And, you know, sort yourself out. So, thank you for listening. And we're going to leave you with the young'uns doing a couple more cover versions from Michael's Catholic School. Thank you for listening again. I, I mean, I obviously mean it. I've said it four times. Goodbye.
Dancing Queen, only 17 in Pretty Woman. Michael wants to dedicate that to one of his six performance. Thank <laughs> you.